0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're visiting the state of Pennsylvania as we talk Steelers and Eagles projections on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin, one of the owners at RotoViz, here for a solo episode in which we are going to look at my projections for the Eagles and Steelers, make some tweaks to them, get a sense of what some of the players on these teams. May or may not be able to achieve in the coming year. As a reminder, we've done a number of these episodes now. Go back and check some of them out if you would like to learn more about the projections process. So let's start things off by looking at the Steelers. <laughs> a lot of interesting th- carryover from what happened with this team last year. Uh, Can Kenny Pickett pick things up? Can Najee Harris bounce back? Will Deontay Johnson score a touchdown? Just many, many questions that we are now going to take a look at. As we always do, we will start off by looking at play volume. Now, one of the things... That is nice about doing a projection for the Steelers is that in comparison to other teams, you have a tremendous history with this team's head coach. The last three seasons, they've been pretty significantly above league average in terms of overall play volume. Last year, they went 51 plays over. I have them coming down a little bit toward their 20, uh, 20 levels Running 27 more plays than the league average, 499 rush attempts, 584 pass attempts. Now remember, despite it being a down year for Pittsburgh last year, they did finish nine and eight. Excuse me, with a little improvement. Uh they might be able to match that as a result. I think it's fair. Uh To keep them in this range, I don't think we're going to see them take too significant of a step forward. And if they take a step back, I think it won't be too far off of this volume. So pretty easy to break down uh, the well, I'm going to take that back. I think that we actually do need to take a step back and and talk a little bit first about what happened last year. Uh, We'll start with the running backs. The way that the work was split, you had Najee Harris controlling 56% of rushes, and you also had him with a target share of 10%. That was a pretty significant drop compared to his rookie year, in which he had a 75% rush share. And a 15% target share. As I'm looking at him going into this year. I am not expecting there to be this major uptick back for him. Um, If you're kind of reading into what the Steelers are putting out there. uh, In addition to what we saw them do last year. And what would kind of make sense for Harris. In. The coming year, given how he performed last year, I have him with a 57% rush share and a 9% target share. This allows Jalen Warren to get a pretty decent amount of work, which it looks like the team wants to do. Warren has a 25% rush share and a 6% target share. And if we look back to Warren's rookie year, he had 17% of rushes a target share that was nothing major, uh, but at the same time, he did see... Actually, no, I take that back. I would say for his rookie year, 33 targets is actually pretty significant. That was a target share of 6%, uh, caught 85% of those passes, also averaged 4.9 yards per carry on his 77 rushes. If you contrast that with... Harris, he only recorded uh, 3.8 yards per carry. Did catch 77% of his passes. Uh, also found the end zone seven times. Uh, but that was on 272 rushing attempts. I think this is one of those reasons that the team is going to be interested in getting more and more involved. If we don't make any tweaks and we just leave things as they are, You do have Harris still finishing as the RB 13. This is with him being inefficient as a rusher, uh, having the lowest yards per carry of any player in the top 15, but he does still see eight rushing touchdowns. I also have him with two receiving touchdowns, seven yards per catch. Warren is not going to score too highly. Uh, but still comes in at RB41, which I think does give him some upside because I think that you really could make a case that things could level out even more. Uh, Perhaps the team pivots away from Harris at some point um, in the season and he ends up only getting like 46% of the team's rushing share, uh, which would give a pretty nice pickup that you could have... Getting him, getting Warren, that is, to 36% of the rushing attempts. And then who knows? Maybe he could even get up to, let's just be kind of conservative here. And let's say that he ends up getting 9% of the targets, not even that much of a bump over what he saw last year in his RB2 role. If you made that tweak, you would have Warren finishing somewhere probably around 31 definitely beating his adp making him a pretty useful player now on the flip side of that what if things do work out better for harris than i'm expecting and um, we say that he ends up with maybe a 65 percent rushing share we'll leave the targets flat even with that moderate efficiency uh he would get A nice boost uh, in his touchdown volume by one also picks up a couple extra yards. And when you're talking about the higher level players, um, this doesn't shoot him up too much, but it brings him right underneath Nick Chubb and gets him into our B1 territory. So I don't think that he has a tremendous amount of upside where he is going at his ADP now. Uh, I think you could make a stronger case that he's being priced pretty appropriately and actually would be being priced closer to his high-end outcome than his low-end outcome. Um, Which, again, if we drop him down, let's say we drop him down to 46% of rushes, right? And then we lower his target share, down to six percent and i'm not actually expecting this to happen i still think he's going to be the rb1 there for the majority of the season getting more of the looks i think that we see him in the end doing a better job approximating his 2023 adp than failing to return that investment that you would make on him but if we make those tweaks that i just mentioned uh this would be pretty significant Because it would knock him down to the RB30. Um, That might be a slightly severe case. uh, But I do think that is within the realm of reasonability. Now, where we stand without making any tweaks in my projections with the wide receivers is we don't have any of the Pittsburgh receivers finishing uh, as wide receiver twos. We have Deontay Johnson at 27 and George Pickens at 35 as the two wide receivers of consequence on this team. If you were to go back to last year and a couple of years prior, you'll see that Deontay Johnson has been at 27, 29, and 23% of targets. I think that you could see George Pickens getting a little bit more involved this year, as well as Pat Fryermuth. So 25% of targets feels like a decent level for Deontay Johnson. As I mentioned, I think that we could see a little bit of a jump in involvement for George Pickens. He was at 16% last year. I bumped him up to 20%. And then Pat Fryermouth, the other piece that you have to factor into this equation, he actually was at 19% last year to be a little bit conservative because that is a very high number uh, for a tight end. I set him just at 16%. We can make some tweaks to him afterwards. Um, but he comes in at wide receiver, excuse me, tight end nine with that share does Fryermouth? Uh, and there's definitely room in his projection for him to be more efficient from a yards perspective, but he does come with seven receiving touchdowns. Uh, last year, he was just at two in 16 games. in his rookie year in 2021, he actually did record seven. um So this does assume that there's some pretty significant improvement for the team's tight end scoring potential. And I think that maybe this is something that some people out there could quibble with. Perhaps that's too many touchdowns. Uh, But remember, we're going a little bit conservative with the target share. Let's just say that we bring him up to 19% like he was at last year. And let's cut that receiving touchdown rate down from 0.11 to 006 we're going to have a pretty sizable impact here. Um, but what I expect that we will find here when we make our way over to all tight end projections is that Fryar remains in the same spot. So I do like him as a player. That's probably going to finish somewhere between tight end, uh, seven to 12. Uh, and that is where he's being drafted. So I do have a lot of Pat Fryermouth on um, best ball teams. Now, Deontay Johnson, he is assigned with a catch rate pretty similar to what we've seen for him across his career. Um, I do have him underneath a 60% target share at 59, still expecting there to be some dip versus what you might've seen early on in his career as a result of Kenny Pickett still trying to get his feet underneath him in the league in the first three years of Johnson's career career. He was at a touchdown rate of seven or 8%. I have him going back to that. That gives him six touchdowns. Really expecting that last year was a bit of an outlier. Now, I think one thing we could do as far as trying to see him realize some upside would be to increase his catch percentage just a little bit. Let's say it goes up to 63%. We'll only give him an increase in target share here up to 28. That's a 3% increase. And if we make those tweaks, we now see Deontay Johnson coming in at wide receiver 16 so going from a player that's going to finish just outside of the wide receiver two range to a player that would finish just outside of the wide receiver one range does he have significant downside i think if you were trying to look at that what you would probably want to do would be to keep those earlier uh, parameters that I mentioned with the 25% target share, a catch rate. Let's pop that back to 59% and then drop that touchdown rate down to him only getting three receiving touchdowns. If we do that and then look at him holding all other players equal, we would see that Deontay Johnson would look more like a back end Wide receiver three, not really having a chance to make his way, uh, into flirting with wide receiver two status for the end of the year. Uh, I don't think the downside there though is too extreme. The upside's not too extreme. I know that last year, uh, he ended up being pretty far off from expectations with a correction now made in drafters' minds and ADP, doesn't feel like there's going to be two sides. The, in the majority of outcomes that we would see, we would not uh, expect that there would be many where there's like a seismic shift for him compared to uh, what my projection has. Finally, George Pickens. Uh, let's just look at how he could Beat the current projection I have for him. Let's say that he is just able to um, outplay uh, or get gain more favor than Deontay Johnson, uh, or Johnson misses time and he gets an additional four percent target share. Um, I have him with a seven percent receiving touchdown percentage. Very solid yards per reception here at fourteen. Let's just say that he's used a little bit differently this year, only puts up 12 yards per reception. Let's say that as a result of that, uh, you probably would say the catch percentage could go up, but we'll just hold that flat. Just with those couple of tweaks, if we look at Pickens, um, this would get him into somewhere around wide receiver 29. I'm not convinced that in the context of the Steelers offense, there's a huge case for upside that we could make for Pickens. And I think that some of this is predicated upon my perception of Kenny Pickett, not being able to improve too much over what we saw last year. So that's kind of the roundup on the Steelers, a team that used to be one of the more exciting stops in the fantasy landscape. Not so much now, but we'll turn our attention, move across the state, over to philadelphia which is definitely one of the more exciting locations uh for those of you that have been through pennsylvania or those that of you that live there uh i am not sure if i am under or overestimating the distance between philadelphia and pittsburgh here um so that i don't feel like an idiot we're actually gonna look this up right now because i'm curious how close are philadelphia and pittsburgh they're 257 miles uh, from pittsburgh to philadelphia in east direction 304 miles by car all right now that i wasted some of your valuable time we're driven by the search for better but
0: when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: Let's talk about Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that won 14 games last year under head coach Nick Sirianni. I expect this to continue. I expect the Eagles to remain one of the best teams in the league. I think that Jalen Hurts can be even better Uh, in terms of play volume. I have them 66 plays above average in my 2023 uh, projection with a even split between rushing and past attempts at 50, 50 last year, they were at 50, 50 the year before they were at 48 and 52 in terms of split. Um, last year around 63 plays above average. So we're kind of using last year as the baseline, more or less carrying that forward in the way that the team will uh, allocate their plays. Jalen hurts. Let's quickly remind ourselves what he was able to achieve last year. Cause that clearly informs a lot of the projection that we would have for them uh, in the, in the coming season. Now hurts completed 67% of his passes, eight yards per attempt had 22 passing touchdowns also as a rusher, had a ridiculous 8% rushing touchdown rate, found the end zone 13 times. The year before that, he'd found the end zone 10 times. So 13 rushing touchdowns in 15 games in 2022, 10 rushing touchdowns in 15 games in 2021. I have Jalen Hurts going for eight rushing touchdowns this year. A little bit of a step back, but where we see a pickup is in his passing numbers, completing 68% of passes, also adding a additional seven passing touchdowns. So some of those rushing touchdowns that he and the Eagles had last year are making their way into his passing work. Uh, perhaps I'm being overly optimistic on his ability to score as a passer. Uh, But I don't think that many people would have an issue with saying that if he fails to do that, perhaps a couple of those touchdowns make their way into the rush category, perhaps offsetting some of those changes that I made. With those numbers, if you look at my overall projections, what you will see is that Jalen Hurts comes in as the QB1 in... Standard uh quarterback scoring. Patrick Mahomes would overtake him in a six-point league. Uh, but really, it's just hard to undersell um how solid of a season that Jalen Hurts could have. And uh in my mind, it's really him, Mahomes, and Josh Allen uh at the top of the quarterback. Hierarchy in 2023. So at the running back position um, with DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny, uh, Boston Scott still in the fold there. um, You still have. Gainwell there. It's a little bit hard to know in this year how things are going to shake out. I actually think that across the season, we might see either of the backs getting more usage in given games or in different halves. But I think that as far as making your best estimate or your most reasonable outcome, they're probably going to be fairly similarly used as rushers. As a result of that, I have them both very close to 30% of rushing attempts one thing that would separate them though is i think deandre swift sees a larger percentage of targets you have both players um, getting five or more rushing touchdowns but seven going to penny in my projection five to swift with an offset being that swift should pick up a couple of touchdowns as a receiver and get a little bit more work there so you end up with both of them finishing in a relatively similar area. Uh, DeAndre Swift at 29, Rashad Penny at 37 in terms of rankings. So I guess maybe I shouldn't say that they're very similar, but you naturally have a spot now where there is upside for both of those players as you could envision scenarios where things shift and Penny could get 20% more of the rushing workload, or Swift could get 20% more. Uh, Just to see what that would look like, let's say that you end up with DeAndre Swift getting 50% of the rushing attempts, and we hold all other assumptions the same. In that scenario, we'd see DeAndre Swift making a jump up to RB13. Similarly, if we instead give that work to Rashad Penny. We'd see him coming in somewhere around the RB 18. So in an upside scenario, it looks pretty similar for them. I think, um, their downside. I don't think we need to concern ourselves with quite as much given where they're going from an ADP perspective. Uh, If we look at the wide receivers, I'm feeling really good, uh, especially bearing out of my projection about AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. I think that you would expect AJ Brown to be a top eight wide receiver this year. Devonta Smith coming in probably somewhere between wide receiver 12 and wide receiver 16. The upside case that you would make for them is one that's essentially just dependent on either player um, going down and then allowing the other to pick up maybe an extra 3% or so of target share. I have AJ Brown at 28%, uh, Devonta Smith at 26%. So from a share perspective, it's hard to give them much more. One thing um, that could possibly shake things up for Brown is maybe he gets to like 12 or 13 touchdowns at which point he could be in contention for the wide receiver one spot. Uh, How much downside do I see for them given how good the Eagles offense has been and that they have um, an outlook where they're essentially running things back. um, I, I really don't see too significant of a downside let's say that aj brown for whatever reason uh loses four percent of his catch percentage let's say goes down to just around like 13 yards per reception still a very high total and let's say he slips from 10 receiving touchdowns and he ends up only getting seven uh in a scenario like that you'd see aj brown moving down To wide receiver, 15. So there is some downside. I'd say there's for both of them, just given how high they're being drafted. But um, downside in the kind of mindset of how often you think that they would realize that and how many avenues are there for that to happen. I don't think it's as significant as some other players that you might see. Uh, Like in my mind, I think somebody like Keenan Allen, Garrett Wilson probably has more downside. Finally, we should probably talk about Dallas Goddard. Now, I have Dallas Goddard with a target share of 16% uh, to refresh our minds. Goddard was pretty involved last year. He actually had a share of 19%. In 2021, he was at 19%. In 2020, he was at 17%. So this could be a little bit too conservative. uh, But truthfully, I think that regardless of what kind of tweaks you make in that range, you're going to end up with Dallas uh, Goddard being somewhere in that five to seven range sandwiched in with guys like Kittle, Pitts, uh, and Waller. So one thing that you could say is how much upside does he have? Uh, We don't have to go through the exercise because given what you see for the couple of players at the top of the tight end spectrum, you're not going to be viewing him You wouldn't view him very differently, I don't think, even if you realize some of those scenarios we could work through. As far as the downside goes, if you look at uh, the rest of the tight ends in the same spot as him, the downside scenarios are all very similar. So um, where we land here on Goddard is that he's definitely, in my opinion, in that tier two of tight ends. And I think that in leagues this year, the tier two for tight ends uh, on best ball is pretty important in your just regular old redraft league. I think that uh, there is a little bit of utility in getting your player from the tight end two range if they start to reach the point in a draft where it becomes palatable. Now we haven't talked too much about redraft leagues yet, but I think that this will be a key piece of that puzzle when we do start to get into that uh, a little bit later in the summer. So there's our rundown on the Eagles and the Steelers. When we catch back up again, (coughs) excuse me on our next projection focused episode, we'll be looking, Hey, this is kind of fun. We'll be looking at two more teams from the same state in the giants and the jets, And maybe I'll even come prepared with the distance separating. I'll have to think about how we break that down. Um, The distance separating the two teams. Anyway, hope you have a great weekend. And I look forward to talking with you next week.